And we're back. Welcome to episode seven of the Zone Talk podcast. I'm back with Donovan yep. and Rashad. Yes, sir. Nap and Devon are unfortunately not here with us today. They'll miss out. Got a whole lot planned. Um, it's been an eventful week in the NFL. Congrats to the Buccaneers and congratulations to the Chiefs. Super Bowl 2021. To, uh, we got. Two of the young, two of the uh, greatest quarterbacks this year and this this season, um, you know, it's gonna be a fun matchup. Well, the NFL, uh, they really did their job here rigging this one. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got the we got the old goat, the long standing goat, versus the newcomer ready to take over, the young buck. Who's just taking the league by storm? Yeah, this is this is gonna be crazy, like wild, like this is some definitely seemed like it was scripted, but yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not complaining. We'll oh, never yeah. know, but either way, we're excited. <laughs> we'll get into a lot of that next week. Uh, but how are we feeling today, fellas? Feeling good? I'm yeah, feeling great, it, man. Let's get to these topics. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Uh, we got to start with this one because it's just so important that we address this, um, especially having this type of platform. Um, but if you have not heard, uh, the C- Seattle Seahawks, Chad Wheeler, uh, was arrested for domestic violence, uh, against his spouse or his girlfriend who was a black woman. And he beat her up pretty badly. It looked like, yeah. um, it was a pretty awful to see. I got, uh, let's see. We got, uh, from the New York times as of today, um, it says, Chad Wheeler was released by the Seahawks on Wednesday, soon after. Prosecutors formally charged him with first-degree domestic violence assault, um, a felony at that. Domestic violence, unlawful imprisonment, which is also a felony, and resisting arrest, which is a misdemeanor. Um, In the charging papers, the prosecutor in King County uh, said that Wheeler viciously attacked the victim and choked her. Yeah, um... That that's just crazy. Um, uh, I I just want to be able to get this. I actually, you know, I texted, uh, you know, our our zone talk group chat that we have, and I I felt that it was important that um, this this situation gets the recognition that it needs. Um, obviously, with the social climate that we live in, um, certain uh, incidents or situations uh, within our African American community. Um, you know, you know, something happens, um, you know, the, the media is flooded with, you know, all this stuff. But um, I, I just think it's important that, you know, since like Jamel said, if we have this platform, we want to be able to make people more aware of, you know, the things that are going on, how the media portrays, um, you know, certain situations involving involving race and, you know, all that type of stuff. I can go on forever. But, um, you know, I, like I said, um, this is not okay um 
I don't know. I, I was kind of lost for words when I, I, you know, I was scrolling through through Twitter, and then I just I saw you know the the accusations made against him, and you know I just felt. At first, initially, I didn't even. I just thought it was just sickening to to see. Um, and then obviously, as you know, as more new news rolled out, um, you know about this this situation. Um, it was just you know sickening to hear. Yeah, and I mean on on that point. To, to further the story, Wheeler attacked his girlfriend in the bedroom. Um, hold on, hold on one second. Yeah, it, it was it was really some crazy, crazy uh, things going on. Um, you know, with with the you know their their situation. Um, obviously, I'm sure a lot of the the pictures have been surfacing the 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 media. Um, so obviously, she was you know the woman the victim was was hurt pretty badly and um again we just wanted to use our platform to to show everybody what what's going on and you know how how we can kind of get these things you know there are a lot more you know there are a lot of crazy things happening in this world um but I also think like the fact that it happened to an NFL player um you know typically um well the majority of players in the NFL um, you know, the, the league makes up, you know, a lot of the demographic for African Americans or black males. Um, in this situation, it was a lot different. Um, so we wanted to get it out there. Um, I know Donovan, he had some more stuff on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, his girlfriend's name is Aaliyah and he attacked her in the bedroom, choking her with both hands until she lost consciousness after she woke up, he choked her again until she became unconscious again. Um, she told the police that when she tried to roll away from Wheeler, he grabbed her left arm and ripped her body, uh, ripped her body back toward him. Um, when she awoke the second time, uh, the woman told the police, Wheeler retor- returned to the bedroom and said, oh, you're still alive. Um, she then thankfully was able to get to the bathroom and lock the door, sent messages to her family, friends, and Wheeler's father, father asking to call 911. Um, this is just a terrible, terrible. Yo, this is some sick shit. It's unacceptable. And I, yo, it, I can't fathom being a man and, and thinking that I have any right to put my hands on any woman, let alone our, you know, our black woman and, Yo, the shit like this just, like, makes me so angry because, like, he knows the position he's in as a man. Like, he, like, it, I can't believe that you would, you would allow yourself to, to put your, a woman that you're supposed to be caring for in that position. And now she's in the hospital because you had a temper tantrum. You got angry about some bullshit. And not only that, like, this is some, some sociopathic shit. For you to go and allegedly go sit at the table and eat and say, oh, come back. Oh, you're still alive. Like, bro, nah, you have to suffer the consequences of this. Yeah. All legal actions need to be applied. You have to go to jail for a long time. And I hope people in jail do you the way they did her, the way you did her. Yeah. I mean, and I want to add, like, there's I've seen on Twitter, you know, that Wheeler had a bipolar disorder that he wasn't taking medication for. Like, yo, I, it really doesn't fucking matter. Like at the end of the day, like um, the way that this is being treated in the media, 
is a lot different than, you know, the, the previous domestic violence incidents that we've had in the NFL. And I'm not the one to pin, you know, evils against evils, but this is absolutely disgusting. And, and this man needs to be handled with um, to the full extent of the law, quite honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, you know, I, I get so frustrated just thinking about this. So um, we like, you know, like Rashad said, we wanted to, you know, just make sure uh, that we made people aware about that and um, understand that, that that shit like that's never OK. Um, you know, you have to suffer the consequences for your actions. Um, and especially when you, you put women, kids, people like that in, in, in jeopardy, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, that's not something that's human. Um, you know, you shouldn't have a desire to do that. But moving on, uh, as I said, man, we got, you know, the Bucks Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But, you know, that Bucks Packers game, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, I, you know, I got my takes wrong. You know, I thought I had Rodgers in the bowl. Yeah, you were uh, the lone. So you're the only one that picked the, no, the Packers. I had the nope, Pack Donovan too. proudly oh, did picked you? them. Did I, you? I proudly picked them. You know, I, I thought I thought Aaron Rodgers in, in the pack. This was their year. But obviously uh, it was written. <laughs> Yo, I said it, bro. I'm, I said it <laughs> like the Packers just find a way. Obviously, let me obviously they're they're consistent with what they do in terms of getting getting to the playoffs. And, you know, this case, getting to the big games. It's hard to sustain the consistency that they have. Don't get me wrong. But um, on the other hand, like I said last pod, uh, a Tom Brady-led team going into the Super Bowl again, um, it's just always hard to bet against on the team he's suiting up for. I thought it was a great game. Um, but uh, let's talk about, uh, I know, yeah, the end of I know one play that stuck out to me about that game, Packers and Bucks was uh the last play before halftime, um Scotty Miller getting behind was it was it Kevin boy, King. yeah so I know Donovan had a lot Don's of man's that. yeah that's definitely not my man's he modeled his game after him <laughs> growing up ever disrespect pictures on his wall and everything yo promise me you won't ever disrespect right, me like that I'm yo just we're, saying. people should know we're recording. <laughs> um yeah so i mean I, I i was watching this game and i was sick to my stomach uh just watching paltry defensive back play all around um we'll start it off like this uh there was a stat nfl quarterback ratings when targeted this past weekend um jair alexander 3.3 he's locked down uh when targeting uh packers db's Jair Alexander's locked down. Chandon Sullivan, 71.7. You can get off on him. And then you get to Kevin King. 140. Yeah, get yours. <laughs> 140. Talk about exploiting a weak spot in the defense. Kevin King is that weak spot. And you know what? Before I like get too far, like let's talk about Kevin King a little bit, right? This man, he was drafted in the second round, 33rd overall. Do his history. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I had to yeah. I had to bring it up. Uh he was drafted in the second round, 33rd overall in the 2017 NFL draft. So I mean, he's he's the first pick of the second round. This guy is, you know, somebody that you expect to go out there and be able to handle their business. Um last season, last season 2019, he had a pretty good season. Uh he started 14 games. He had 5 picks. He had 15 passes de- defended. He had a forced fumble. Like, like this game, like, this guy was doing his thing last season. Um, too bad 
<laughs> on Sunday, he ain't came to play. Yeah, so you saying the moment's too big for him? I I don't know whether the moment was too big or not. <laughs> oh no, it absolutely was. <laughs> no, we ain't we ain't got to debate that. No, it was I too big for me. him, and it's okay. Not everybody can be elite. <laughs> like not everybody can show up. I think that's a great point that you're making about being elite. So what the differences between like a a good player and a great player is that guys show up a, when the lights is on, man. Not only do they show up when the lights is on, but a great player does the little things consistently in their sleep. Yep. When it comes to technique, you can't tell Jalen Ramsey how to play because he already has that technique drilled into him. It was clear on Sunday that Kevin King has a long way to go. Yeah, so. yeah. And you, um, especially when you see DBs playing like that, I mean, you know more than me, but typically it, it points to someone who's thinking a lot on the field. Yeah. You know, someone who's, you know, before they're, you, you know, everything's supposed to be more instinctual, especially at defensive back. You know, we talk about some what are the hardest positions to play in the field. You know, I always go to quarterback and cornerback. Um, you know, mentally – uh, for both of the positions, you you have to be on your shit, and you know at cornerback physically, I mean you're kind of at a disadvantage, especially in the NFL. Like it's an offensive minded league. Teams are scoring points more than ever nowadays. Cornerback is like one of the most valuable positions on the field, and you know Kevin King, you know you might be a cornerback, but I don't know how long you're gonna be in the league if you keep playing <laughs> the way you played because right. this was this wasn't it. Um, and I absolutely believe you can bounce back. I mean, you play well before you play well uh, going forward. But, you know, like Don said, it's the little things. It's the consistency and small doses on a daily basis that end up making you a corner like Jalen Ramsey, you know, guys like Xavier Howard, uh, Jair Alexander, right. um, who are some of the best in the league at what they do. There's a reason for that. Right. Jair had like what, two? Yeah, two picks that game. Yeah. He had a couple passes defended. Um Things were different when you were throwing to his side, but I uh, I picked out I picked out a couple plays a couple plays to break down. Um, the first the first being the Mike Evans first quarter touchdown. Um, at the at the start of the play, Mike Evans is lined up in the slot. Uh, Kevin King is outside leverage. Um, so if he's already outside leverage, what I'm thinking when I'm watching Kevin King play is okay. He's trying to force him inside. He's trying to force an inside route. All right. Snap of the ball. Evans presses the outside, gets outside of him. Now, instead of Kevin King deciding to turn and run and find his man, he decides that he's going to try and watch Brady. There is never a moment in man-to-man defense <laughs> yeah, where your I mean, eyes should be back on the quarterback. Yeah, as I mean, it's that's like fundamental. Uh, they teach you that at a young age as playing in the secondary is to don't ever look at the quarterback when you're covering a wide receiver. Man-to-man especially. Never Never ever, ever do that. Let alone <laughs> when you get when you guard Mike I mean, Evans. Right? You I got mean, somebody in front I mean, of you. you need there to are pay some guys. To. Obviously, there are talented guys in the NFL that can probably do that, but he's he's not the guy to be doing that. But yeah, yeah some guys get away with it, but some you know most guys don't. <laughs> and that's I mean that's what it comes down to. You you're not gonna make as many plays looking at the quarterback's eyes as you think you are usually. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. So. The ball's in the air at this point. Um, he turns around, watches Brady, and mistimes his jump, and Mike Evans is standing there for the touchdown. All right, there's one. The second one is just absolutely abysmal. Um, it's a halftime <laughs> touchdown to Scotty Miller with six seconds left in the half, okay? All right, first off, I'm going to shoot some bail. Kevin King, you're going to get some bail right here. I hope you listen to Zone Talk Podcast, Zone Talk, Zone Talk, Zone Talk. Hey. Um. 
your DC, your defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin, put you in a horrendous position. First of all, to go zero over the top, zero meaning there's nobody over the top to help out, um, and you're in man coverage with next to no time left makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, were the the Bucks were they on in their own field? Uh, no, on their the, side of the field, the or were Bucks, they? The Bucks were in the green zone, meaning like they were they were on the forty going in. Okay. Um, no timeouts, right? No. I don't think they they might have not had any timeouts. I think that was what. I'm not sure if they didn't have any timeouts, but at that point, what you're what you're thinking as a defensive yeah. player is I'm going to keep them in bounds to make sure that the clock is still running, right? Yeah. So, from a defensive coordinator position, I'm thinking, okay, if I can go, you know, cover two, cover the flats, make sure that if they throw something short because they're trying to get into uh, field goal range, we're going to defend that and shut it down. Instead, he goes man coverage. All right. So it is what it is. Um, coaches coach, players play. <laughs> And so now I know if I'm Kevin King, I'm in man coverage. Kevin King. <laughs> number one, number one, know your personnel. Know your personnel. You're on Scotty Miller. What types of run does Scotty what types of routes do Scotty Miller run? Do you know Rashad? What what's his what's his bread and butter? Uh, I mean, I know that when he's in the game, he's the fastest receiver on that offense. Uh he's known as a burner. He he just runs deep routes. Tom Brady gives the ball deep to him. Deeper routes. Yep. Um, you know, he's he's just the he's just the burner on that team. He that's his role within and, that offense. And he's good at what he does, you know, to his credit. Absolutely. Clearly. He's he's great at what he does. Yeah, exactly. Clearly. Exactly. But like Donovan said, given the scenario, six seconds left, no one up top. No, yeah, in this scenario, this is this is bad. This is terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, the replay was he just let him run behind him. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. So with six seconds left and you're on Scotty Miller, you know there's only so many routes he's gonna run. All right, here we go. Snap of the ball, boom. There is no hands on the line. <laughs> like on the line, there's Jeez. no hands. There's no attempt to disrupt his timing. No attempt to disrupt the route. Even worse. He doesn't even know where Scotty Miller is because he's still staring at Brady. What are you doing? It's man coverage. He likes him, man. He yeah, he must love Brady. He's yeah, either he nah, loves he Brady. Might've, he might have uh He's just like, "Yo, this is Tom yeah. Brady, man." Nah, but they did they did play him uh early in the season, so he might still be He's starstruck. He's still in awe. Yeah, he might still be starstruck. starstruck. So. And so this is this is for the DBs out there. He never gets in phase with Scotty Miller. In phase, for those people that don't know, in phase means you're going to get your hand to, to, to the wide receiver's hip and you're going to try and ride him up the sideline and push him out the, out the sideline. He never gets there. Staring at the ball, Brady throws a perfect ball, drops in the bucket to Scotty Miller, touchdown. Now the Packers are in trouble. So there's two plays from, from Kevin King that really had me scratching my head. Here we go. Um... We have a holding call late in the fourth quarter. Now this one was a little bit was a little bit different. They were calling the game a little bit differently. Um, you know, they were trying to make it, trying to let the guys play. And so I can almost almost understand why this holding call happens. Um, Tyler Johnson is lined up in the slot. If you look if you look back at the film, you'll see Kevin King is lined up heavy inside, almost um, parallel to the end zone, meaning his entire body is turned so he won't give up the inside route. How the hell do you still get beat inside? Your whole body is turned. How, Sway? Tell me. It's, again, no hands on. 
If you get no hands on as a defensive back, the, the best thing you can do is roll underneath the route and try and run with him. He can't do that. Instead, he holds, and it's a terrible hold. You can see that Tyler Johnson's entire undershirt is taken, and that's an easy call for the ref. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, Kevin King, I would say you gave your best effort, but you didn't. <laughs> we need more from you. <laughs> the Packers organization needs more from you. They need a cornerback, I'm sure, to across from Jair Alexander, uh, you know, to help them take the next step. But who knows what's going to happen, um, you know, with that entire team. There's a lot of uncertainty in Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, he was frustrated after losing uh, in the NFC Championship again. And, you know, one sidebar, you know what I was thinking? Why doesn't why don't people give Aaron Rodgers as much shit as they give Brady for losing in the championships when Brady's losses have been in the Super Bowl? Like, I feel like they gave Brady a lot of shit up until... Nah, Twitter Twitter was... Uh, Twitter fire, was flaming him. Yeah, Twitter was... Well, Twitter was at, yeah, at, now they flaming him. Now yeah. they flaming him. But even before, I mean, he was, what, one and three in number four? Is he one and four now? I mean, it's just... It was it was a huge game with huge implications as far as legacies between the two. Um, we obviously don't have to say much about Brady's legacy. Um, I just think it's highly impressive that... Time and time again, um, he's just able to, you know, be on a team that finds their way into the Super Bowl. Was it ten appearances? Yeah, going for his seventh ring. If yeah. he's if yeah. So Jamel, you were right. Uh, he was one in three prior to this Sunday. He's now one in four in the NFC Championship game. He had three losses in the NFC Championship before today, and. The- there's a whole lot of people who would still argue that Aaron Rodgers is a more talented quarterback and Brady is a better quarterback because of his career and just um, his accolades. Uh, but, yeah, man, that was tight. You know, they give a lot of shit to Brady for, for losing Super Bowls, but they didn't give Rodgers shit <laughs> until this year, man. You was one in three in the NFC Championships. Like, something's going wrong before, and nah, I know B. I know they blame his teams, nah, you bro, know, because I mean, of the surrounding Anybody, Anybody players, who but, say anything about, you know, about Brady and his legacy, you're just a hater at this point, bro. I mean, you've been a hater if you haven't been giving him his props. I mean, he's he's yeah. Let alone after, if, yeah, yeah after like come on, like Super Bowl. He's, he's already even if he come didn't. On, I mean, even if he didn't, the Packers end up winning this game. It really wouldn't mean anything. I mean, it's been a ten. It wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't mean anything to Brady's legacy ten. if he had lost. I mean, it's only it's only helping him getting to this point. Like the impact that he's had on the Buccaneers. This season, I don't know when the last time they made a playoff appearance, but he's he has them in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, um, and it's just like, like I said, I don't, I don't want to go too in depth about what he's done, but we know what he's done. Just yeah, Google like, him, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just go on Wikipedia. You see all the all the accolades. That's it. Like, there's no dis- like, no that wasn't edited. That's undisputed. What, that's what he did. <laughs> undisputed. Um, Word. So, Rashad, can you can you go into a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and and perhaps his uh, yeah. his post game interview yeah. after the NFC There's Championship? A, this situation is interesting. Um, you know, a lot of uncertainty. Um, I know Green Bay has has some guys uh, hitting free agency potentially. Um, well, one, leave also players potentially leaving. One being um, Aaron Rodgers and and his uh, his situation with Green Bay. Um, so he, in an interview in a, in a presser after, after the game, 
Um, obviously, he's, he's distraught about the loss. Um, the reporter asked him, asked him the questions, some questions about uh, the future in Green Bay. And, and essentially, you know, what was said was, was ultimately he doesn't know who's going to be there. He doesn't know what the, the, the future is going to look like, um, what the team's going to look like. Um, he's not even sure of his own future. Um, which I thought was really interesting because um, Aaron Rodgers has has uh, made a lot of money from his uh, his last contract, which was signed in in 2018 uh, with the team. He, they re-signed him, obviously. Um, the number was 134 million, um, and up to this point, he's already collected he's already collected 98.7 million, which makes up 74 percent of that contract he signed in 2018. With how much more coming in March? Yeah, he, uh, he's due for six million in in March, which is a a roster bonus, um, which is interesting because they can pay him that that money, um, and he can also still end up leaving. Yeah, yeah. Um, he could probably request well, a trade. Take that bread. Yeah, so he'll probably he could he could. There's a lot of possibilities um, with, with his his future, but. He has all the leverage um, with this team. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, just kind of backtracking a little bit. Um, I'm also thinking about the the draft that the Packers had last last year. Yeah, they drafted taking, Jordan uh, Love in the second round. Yeah, taking I may mean, have been first maybe, but I think oh, they yeah, took a they took a quarterback. I think yeah, it, I think it was first round they took Jordan Love, uh, which was which raised some eyebrows raised some eyebrows um during draft day um and i know you know it being a thing that rogers wasn't too happy about it and this time around um it's really time to get down to what's what's about to happen um so i say he has full leverage within within this situation um because again he's, he's due another six mil in march um and he's already collected the majority, more, more than a lot of his contract. Again, 74%. Um, another interesting thing was that in he made 20, he made 19.5 mil in 2020, which is already paid, that's already been paid to him. And uh, initially, he was guaranteed 79.2 mil at the time of his the signing um and the sign when he signed he got a signing bonus of 57.5 mil so out of that 79.2 million guaranteed at the signing he already has 57.5 mil to paper pen to paper 57.5 mil once he signs in 2018 so next so same year he gets a roster bonus 7.8 mil he gets a workout bonus of 500k uh, the next year, he gets uh, 13.4 million in 2019 roster bonus. Um, so, which where it gets interesting is that after this, the the Packers, you know, they decided it. It appears that you know they they love Aaron Rodgers. You know, they want him to stick around. Um, they're going all in on him. They're cashing out in 2020. Aaron Rodgers made 19.5 million. So they restructured his contract where his contract and guaranteed money went from 
79.2 mil to 98.7 mil. So they paid him. They restructured his his contract again because obviously they liked him. Um, And I think that's where, you know, you look at that aspect. You looked at it financially. Um, They're paying him a lot. Um, and again, he's, he's made most of his, his contract money, uh, and 74% of it. Um, and so, I mean, he could decide to, to play, play through it and play through the rest of his contract, but he has what, two years left on it, a year, maybe on his, his next contract. So, um, he definitely has a lot of leverage, whether or not, um, you know, decisions have to be made um, in Green Bay. Uh, again, in March, he's due $6.8 million. So he can go from making $98 million to $104 million. Yeah. So that number is increasing in terms of the money that he's, he's making from Green Bay. And, um, you know, seeing the interview about his uncertainty um, within that organization um, and them drafting Jordan Love, uh, they're gonna have to show him if he, if I think if he's gonna stay in Green Bay, they're gonna have to show him that they want him there. Um, whether it be financially, because Aaron Rodgers' agent is gonna make it happen. He, I've already showed that his agent. I don't know if he had Sam Bradford's agent or what, but <laughs> he cashed out in Green Bay, um, and he has another opportunity to do this if he wants to do that. Um, Another re- another way I can see him staying is if they do something in the draft that that he'd like. Um, I doubt that's going to so happen. <laughs> I don't, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's it going to take, but um, Aaron Rodgers has, I think, he, again, he, I think he has the leverage, um, you know, with, with this, his, his future uh, in Green Bay. And, I mean, with, that, with all of that said, I know there are some of y'all Rodgers haters out there um, that, that want to say, yo, man, he's getting thrown out a lot of money. But he's the MVP of the, the NFL. Yeah, yeah. So. That 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 was another thing. Um, it, he gained even more leverage after the season. Um, well, during the season, actually, with the numbers ha- arguably having the best year of his career. Uh, when you look at the the stats. Um, also, he um. He he also made. Not only did he make the ninety. Eight point seven million um, in his contract. He also picked up incentives, so that so that ninety eight point seven million does not include game incentives for taking the Packers to the playoffs. Um, particular stats such as being top three in passing yards, touchdowns, attempts, um, playing seventy two point five percent of the snaps on the season. So his contract that he has. Um, he has opportunity to make up to make up to one one million in incentives, and he's done that over the years. So he's still he's just he has all of the all the money. <laughs> in Green yeah, Bay. yeah, it'd be exciting <laughs> to see uh you know what Rodgers would do if he really would leave. You know, if Rodgers does leave, does he find a better situation than the Packers? Um, poss- I mean, that's very possible, if, especially if he controlled his own destiny and he really wanted to go like where he could then. That would be serious if he could um go to a team like the Niners or yeah 
a team like oh that would nah, oh, speaking that would make them a really dominant team. Speaking of the Niners and another high profile quarterback that's um you know who's decided that he's gonna split with his long long held team, Matthew Stafford and the Lions mutually agree to part ways uh, via trade. So. What are we thinking? What are some possible destinations for Stafford? And, and what do you guys think about that? Well, let me say that I have always been a huge fan of Stafford. Uh, he's just one of those dudes. He's just a gamer. Um, you know, he's always, he's always, he's just out there to compete. And you can see that every game of his career, he's, he's a tough, he's kind of made a name for, for himself as being among the toughest QBs in the in the league, uh, arguably the toughest. Um, you could pull up some highlights from earlier in his career up to this point, uh, how he's played through injuries. Um, so he, I mean, wherever he goes, um, they're they're going to be getting someone that is is willing and able to to play through adversity and and just given the fact that being with Detroit, um, he hasn't had the best. He hasn't had the best help as a lot of quarterbacks have, um, and that's very crucial to the way you know a quarterback is, is defined. Um, but he, I don't, Matt, I don't think Matthew Stafford has ever had the help that he he deserves. Just him being the guy that who he is, um, I'm a huge fan. Um, and wherever he goes, I think that they're gonna get a big upgrade for a QB needing needing team. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I don't know where he'll go, but you you kind of know what he you're he's, you're gonna get from Stafford. Um, I'd like to see him go in a situation where he has a defense behind him. Um, he's never had a defense, or I don't think he has been on on teams that have even you know somewhat of a all right defense. Um, yeah, but it's it's just. I'm rooting for him. I hope he goes somewhere where he could finally win. Has he ever made the playoffs, Stafford? He, he's yeah. made the playoffs. He just hasn't won he's, a playoff he's, game. He's 0-3 in the playoffs. So he's um, only made three appearances to the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah. how many years has he been in the league? Uh, I want to say like 12. I want to say he's been in the league for like – hold on. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you look at – 11 years? Yeah, I, th- I think Stafford is I – don't, I don't think – Many people disagree with me. He's one of those guys that he's deserving of of being on a winning on a, team. on a winning on a winning team. He uh, he's not he's not a guy that complains or you know points fingers at. Doesn't seem like it at least. I don't I don't yeah. know what he does. And, so but yeah. yeah, from what I could tell, I mean, uh, I know one of Matt Stafford, one of the trade destinations that's been talked about the most is uh, going to the Colts. Um, and honestly, it, it seems like a pretty perfect fit. Yeah. Um, in terms of what they're looking for, especially looking to replace uh, Phillip Rivers, I think, you know, you get, you know, somewhat of an upgrade on Matthew Stafford. He's a little bit, he's younger, he's m- more mobile, um, although he's not a running quarterback. But uh, having that guy, he fits that system uh, that they're working in. And I think, you know, he makes that, he keeps that Colts team competitive. I don't know how much better they get in terms of their record. Really? What? Uh, I think oh, in terms of their record, I mean. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. I think they, they might play better. I think the record will be around the same. Though. Okay. All right. So. I, can, I, can definitely, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, I think Matt Stafford would 
uh, would definitely be a big upgrade from Philip Rivers. Um, not to say, not to take anything away from Philip Rivers, um, but Matthew Stafford definitely still has a lot of gas left in the tank. Um, I got a couple. I got a couple stats for Matt Stafford from this past season, or not even this past season alone, but since since uh, Bob Cooter was promoted to the offensive coordinator prior to eight, uh, week eight of last season. These are from the NFL.com, by the way. Um, Stafford had 35 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Um, in terms of the, the, the Lions as a team, um, every single Lions win this season has been a Stafford comeback and game-winning drive. Oh, wow. That's tough. Um, in addition to that, Stafford has had – over two uh, over twenty seven thousand yards in his first hundred games uh, with the Lions in total. Stafford has over forty five hundred forty five thousand yards with the Lions um, and a losing record. Of course, uh, that 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 organization is cursed. Um, and and to to end it, I mean, with the statistics, anyways, on this one. In his final three games, he had a completion percentage of of 70.6%, averaging about 270 passing yards a game. He had eight touchdowns and no picks with a passer rating of 105. So, I mean, he's – and this was all without Kenny Galladay, mind you. Yeah. He just needs – Stafford just needs some help, man. Like, he had – he obviously had Calvin Johnson. But, I mean, even, you know, at that point in time, like, they were still – they weren't even – you know, he only been, he's only been in the, the postseason three times. I mean, the, he's just been playing football. He's just like I said, he's just been he's a gamer. That's exactly why I say he's a gamer because he's he's still gonna he's gonna get his. But you know, in terms of the the supporting supporting cast, he he's just never he's one of those quarterbacks you look at and he's just never had that supporting cast uh, for yeah, his career. Yeah, uh, Matt Stafford. I think there was one year that he had a top ten defense and went eleven five. Uh, <laughs> And mind you, he's never had a thousand yard rusher. So right, like oh, that's yeah, that's another. Thing. You know, what I mean, like yeah. you're talking about a team that is usually depleted of weapons. Um, they're <laughs> incompetent in the front office. Like the Lions yeah. ruined careers. We've seen it before. Yeah. This is not just about Matt Stafford. It's about Calvin Johnson. Why he retired early because the Lions were so bad. Like you go and oh, it's awful. Barry Sanders. Barry. Like the the list goes on and on. And Stafford's just another career that was just, you know, his prime, you know, mostly wasted in Detroit. And yep. I really hope he can not just get to a better situation, but he can get to, like, the best fit. Yeah. Like, I want to see him with the running back. You know, I think he would be a better fit on, like, um, you know, maybe the, they'd change up the offense a little bit, but with the Vikings. Like, the, if they didn't want Kirk Cousins and they went with uh, Matt Stafford, I think that would be a really good fit for what they're looking for. Oh, they start slinging it. Oh, yeah. They, they could get serious. I think, you know, because of the contract they owe Cousins, it might not work out that way Yeah. Um, in terms of trade destinations. But there's a couple teams that if he went there, I mean, even if they could make it work to the Niners, you know, there's a few spots where he would be an immediate yeah. upgrade and make you an immediate contender to be in your championship game. The Washington football team? Yo, he could especially do in them. especially in the NFC East. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. come on, oh, yeah. now. But I mean, we know who's not about to waste their uh, their their prime and you know their years of great football is uh, our guy Deshaun Watson. Hey. He, he's not, you know, he he's he's actually taking a different route. Uh, he's, he's taking he's, the NBA. He's, he's taking the that. NBA route. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he's not he's not doing he's he's you know 
he uh he knows what he's doing. Um absolutely. So I mean, as of as of today, he officially put in his request for a trade um even after the recent signing of David Cully. He's now the head coach for the Houston Texans. He's now the head coach. Yeah, he um, put in that request uh, actually last week. So, yeah. you know, this that been in, and <laughs> he said, ain't nothing going to change his exactly. mind. Exactly. So, this is this is it uh, for the Watson saga in Houston Yep. Um, from, from what it looks like. So, you know, at this point, it's just a matter of, you know, what's going to be the best fit yeah. uh, in terms of teams. One of the ter- – um, one of the – one of the – um. Interesting things for me though is uh so under his current contract right now, Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause. Um and in this in particular uh situation in terms of him being traded, um with him having a no trade clause is that he has final say in the team that he gets traded to. So your favorite team and the Texans can agree to a trade, but Deshaun Watson has final say. So I think that that makes it really also unique um, considering that the talent that he is and the, the, the type of impact that he would, the type of instant impact that we, he would have on any team in the NFL um, is, is just crazy because the fact that he has that no trade clause, but, you know, again, the, both teams can agree, but he, I think it's really cool how he has a uh, final say in, in where he ends up. Yeah, he has a lot of autonomy in his situation right now. Absolutely. Um, so in addition to that, Watson's 2021 cap hit, he would only cost whatever new team that's going to pick him up $10.5 million, um, to pick him up uh, this upcoming season. So if, if I'm just about any organization that is a quarterback away from sealing the deal, talking about – you know, uh, uh, the Panthers or the Dolphins or other teams in that type of area. Like, I am figuring out all of the trade opportunities, whatever it's going to take to be able to land a talent like Deshaun Watson because he's been doing a lot with a little for a long time. Yeah, and that – I mean, he, he's, he's another guy that deserves to go to a team that um, is really going to, you know, put full use of his skill set and really allow himself to compete for Super Bowls. Um, he deserves to be competing with Pat Mahomes uh, in playoff game scenarios and uh, having the right pieces around him to do that. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. A, a lot of people, the Texans obviously got a lot of flack for hiring uh, David Culley, the Ravens assistant. He's the passing game coordinator, and I guess they're thinking that, well, the Ravens passing game isn't that great, so <laughs> what's David Culley going to do for the <laughs> for the Texans? But Yeah, they got to <laughs> – I think that's why you have a whole coaching staff. Yeah, uh, I know Jamel said that the the new GM for the Texans is walking into some some fire, a dumpster fire. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty bad. Nick Casario from uh, the New England Patriots, um, you know that's it, it's not looking good for what he's walking into. Yeah, man. Um, I just want to again um, for all of you guys. We have Zone Talk podcast on Twitter. And we love the interactions. This week, interaction coming from uh, our very own <laughs> Javier. Yeah, shout out to Javi, man. Javi! Uh, shout out to Javi, bro. Javi um, in Miami, making it happen, <laughs> posing the pod questions. Word, we got always, y'all this week. He's always showing love, um, always engaging on the, the socials, man. So we love that. So he, uh, he, he posed the question, 
after after seeing a little bit of a Twitter back and forth between AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson, um, who had the better season between the two? Um, I guess I'll let you guys start. You know it's tough because uh, you know it's funny we were watching the um, you know the verses with uh, AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson, and you know one of the big things that you know I think you just have to account for is uh, the difference in the schemes they're running offensively. Um, you know it's hard to kind of put that into numbers and kind of you know uh, figure out how to balance that out, but. When you're talking about, you know, just looking at, you know, some of the specific parts of their skill set, I mean, they're exceptional at some of the different things that they do. Justin Jefferson uh, finished the year with 1,400 yards receiving, seven touchdowns, and uh, A.J. Brown finished the year with uh, 1,075 yards and 11 touchdowns. So, you know, both players played extremely well. I think A.J. Brown did a little bit more um, just in terms of what he's working with. You got... You're giving the ball to Derrick Henry a ton. Uh, 30 times a game. Yeah, like, it, it, it's going to be difficult for him to even find, you know, enough volume to do what he did. Uh, a lot of receivers in that position just wouldn't have had the same numbers or the same success, in my yeah. opinion. And, I mean, A.J. Brown during this uh, NFL Pro Bowl versus – also, I want to shout out the NFL for that. It's pretty cool just to be able to, yeah. you know, incorporate the versus style but make yeah. it, you know, NFL-related – um, you can obviously see the impact of the hip hop industry and what they're able mm-hmm. to do and how, Love how it. pervasive it is. But, um, getting back to Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, like I think AJ said during the, during the verses, he was like, you know what I would do with 10 targets a game? Yeah. <laughs> well, it just so turns out, um, Justin Jefferson wasn't really getting 10, 10 targets a game, but I will say towards the end of the season when he emerged, uh, he, he had games of, 10 13 12 11 10 12 targets so he was definitely getting those opportunities um but i gotta say i gotta say aj brown for the for the the offense that he's running in again getting to jermel's point and not to say that the vikings aren't run heavy either because they're, yeah they're giving dalvin cook the ball 17 times a game and you know that dalvin's gonna do what he does but I mean, AJ Brown's numbers—they speak for themselves, man. Like he's getting—he's a touchdown producer. That's what he does. He gets into the end zone. He—he he said it on the verses. He said, "You know, when the game's on the line, Tannehill is going to throw me the ball." No disrespect to Corey Davis. Corey Davis had a, a very solid season, but we know who the number one receiver is on that team, and we know why AJ Brown is in the Pro Bowl. Yo, didn't AJ AJ Brown? Uh, he played what? He played through an injury, like a. An injury? Oh, he played through. I think a, a couple of different injuries. Yeah, I mean, they they said they said. I think he said the doctors told him week two, yeah. the season was over, right? Because both of his knees had trouble. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds crazy. Yeah. Both of <laughs> yeah, both of them had trouble. Both of his knees had trouble. He said, he said, fuck that. I'm gonna play the rest of the season. Came out produced, um, and was a threat for that offense. Um Justin yeah. Justin Jefferson again, I can't I can't say too much about this. 88 receptions, 1400 yards as Jamel pointed out. Uh seven touchdowns all in his rookie season. You're getting acclimated to to real NFL cornerbacks, um real NFL defensive schemes and still being able to produce the way that he did with the touchdown leader on the other side um 
of the 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 formation and Adam Thielen, uh, the, um, he was being he was able to get it done. Yeah, just um, as far just going back to AJ Brown, like it's funny because typically at the end of an NFL season, when teams are eliminated from contention or just the playoffs and it's the postseason, you hear about you know how all these guys played through injuries, like with AJ Brown. Like it's not like it's not like he had a a bad season and came out and said like oh you know I was I was playing on a I was playing on a you know you know this yeah whatever something like this but the fact that he had the season that he had and then he came out was like yo like Mm -hmm. I can't I was playing with some some crazy some crazy injuries like just imagine if I was healthy like like imagine what the numbers would have looked like um, then but. This dude is just a beast. Um, and on the side, I have I have AJ Brown as my number five wideout. Um, and why so, is that? Because as a partly because as a as a Ravens fan, um, I'm kind of haunted by you know his his play. Let's say you know, but um, you know he's really good. Like he's just someone. He's like also a different type of wide receiver. He's like a, a running back playing wide receiver. And that's a grown that, man. That's it's, it's just it's crazy how he's just like physically physically imposing. Um and the fact that obviously that this is the type of guy that the Titans wanted, just considering the way that they, they run their their uh, offense with Derrick Henry being the running back, ground and pound. They want to beat up on you, they wanna control the clock, but he's still able to get his um again like uh Jamel said Derrick Henry's getting the ball like 30 times and he's still putting up these numbers and he's still bullying these dudes and running through linebackers and carrying teams to the end zone on his way to a touchdown like he that boy is cold he's uh he's the 2020 version of Terrell Owens honestly for real and if he keeps it up I mean he's he's going to Real make a real serious mark in this league, no doubt. Yeah, I hope them knees are all right. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, that's for so sure. real. Cause um, shit, we've seen so many players with bright futures, and you know, another year they're just not the same guy that they were earlier on. He's only getting older too. Right. Not obviously, he's not second year in the league. Yeah, but and for the just... for the record, uh, AJ Brown had twenty fewer targets than uh, Justin Jefferson. On yeah. So yeah, three hundred less yards, four more touchdowns. But don't get me wrong, though. Um, Justin Jefferson still had fourteen hundred yards. As yeah, a, as a rookie. As a rookie. Yeah, I mean, he like, broke all them records. Like he is the record now. So yeah, yeah like. I mean, he did his thing. AJ Brown paid him his respect. Like you can't say nothing about that. Like, like oh, we just like, balled out. Like, te- technically, he's technically, tough. technically, that's a, that's his floor. Jefferson <laughs> hundred receiving yards. So, obviously, shit, I'm sure he hope. <laughs> obviously, those numbers are, will go down probably next year. But I mean, that he got a he got a bright future ahead of him too. So, so let me ask you, Jamel, who do you think? And I'll and I'll swing this to you next, Rashad. Who do you think next year is gonna have the better year statistically between the two? Between AJ Brown and Jefferson. Um, like I said before, I mean, I'll. I'll I'm a little biased towards AJ Brown, so I'll, I'll go with him. But just considering again that he was injured, he claimed he was injured. Um, well, he was. He was recording from the hospital bed, saying how he played on two knee injuries, whatever it was. But anyways, he comes back fully healthy, and we know what he's capable of. Um, you know, 
at full strength. Um, it's kind of scary just to think about how much more he he could be doing with um, with two properly functioning knees. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go with uh, AJ Brown, and it's kind of hard to replicate 1,400 yards uh, your rookie year. Um, so I mean that doesn't happen. Yeah, like it's um so. you know uh the optimism for progression for AJ Brown is still Absolutely. there. Like yeah. uh, and it's still there for Justin Jefferson overall. Absolutely. But it's just more likely that there's regression regardless of yeah, yeah. it may not be because of the way exactly. Justin it doesn't Jefferson mean Jefferson Jefferson will have a bad year, but yeah, it just means like it could be other factors outside Absolutely. of his play. Kirk Cousins yeah. may not get him the ball as much. Maybe, you know, yeah. he's going to be seeing next year. Justin Jefferson is going to be seeing a lot, a lot more cor- coverage, a yeah. lot of cornerback one, a lot more brackets. Like we know who you are now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely not going to be uh as easy you know, getting away with it, but absolutely, uh, he's that, still super he's talented. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he's still cold. super talented. So there's no doubt he's gonna he's gonna put on a show. I definitely expect over a thousand yards from both of them at the very least. Like I think that's the floor. Um, you know, a thousand yards and like six touchdowns from each of them. But you know, I think AJ Brown will have uh, the better year. Like you, like you said, Rashad, uh, the knees, man. <laughs> like honestly, like once I mean, he said that, right there, that like... just puts it in perspective, bro. It's like. Yo, my man wasn't even fully healthy and was cooking all year. Yeah. One of the most explosive players in the NFL without two functioning knees. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Like, what can you do next year? I think it's, you know, obviously <laughs> it depends on the quarterback, but I think Ryan Tannehill is going to give him the ball and try and give him the ball as much as possible. They know what he could do. That's a dog. A couple of dogs. So, yeah. It's been a good one today. It's been a good one today, boys. Good pod, boys. Good pod. You know, we'll have the full squad back next week. Um, Of course, if you enjoyed the podcast, tell a friend to tell a friend. Like, subscribe, uh, follow us. Stay tuned on our socials at Zone Talk Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And stay tuned on our socials. We'll let you know when the next episode's dropping. Zone Talk, Zone Talk, Zone Talk. Sir. Hey. I'm the type of make a move and don't nobody know You don't gotta hide it if you wanna let it show, girl All I need is any with a little bit of dope Soon as I get them both, you know I'm all ready to go, yeah Never mind them rookies, baby, come fuck with the pro We can do it faster, we can do it slow Never mind them knocks, yeah, leave them at the door I know what your spot's like, I've been there before yeah. I left my main hoe, now my side my main hoe Jigger chain clothes, live exquisite, they know Performing plain clothes, get the bag and race home Ain't got time for lame hoes or any of you lame hoes Riding something for him, riding in that Zane low. Rich or poor, I'm still gonna live by the same code. Off the throne, it's how to think how I got home. I'm at the mall shopping, but I think I got those. I got drugs up in my system, I might go off. Hey. Quarter on the beat, I told him go off. I ain't never been the type to show off. And I ain't never pressed or make me go off. Hey. Okay, I want a deal, but they be robbed. But still, my buy a crib from north up to Pross. Be killed, these niggas bite me hard. I feel like holy feel these niggas flex. Too hard, they care about hoes for real. Yeah. Top speed, O D, low key on me. Top speed, O D, low key. Shorty won't get drafted, but I'm only tryna blaze her. 20 out of 10 every single time I raid her. Probably got a hundred on the dice just like a racer. I'ma go top speed. I'ma go top speed. Yeah. I'ma go top speed I'ma go top speed, yeah